Welcome to City of God, a podcast of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'll be your host. Join us each week as we engage the city of man with the biblical wisdom of the city of God. Who's to blame for the coronavirus? It turns out, according to the New York Times, an opinion piece in the Times recently, that it's the religious right. Here's the headline for Catherine Stewart's op-ed in the New York Times just a few weeks ago, just a few days ago. The religious right's hostility to science, the headline blares, is crippling our coronavirus response. This op-ed in the New York Times is by, as I say, Catherine Stewart, who has a new book out that is opposing religious nationalism, particularly that of evangelical Christians. And here's how Stewart begins her Times op-ed. Donald Trump rose to power, Stewart says, with the determined assistance of a movement that denies science, bashes government, and prioritized loyalty over professional expertise. In the current crisis, we are all reaping what that movement has sown. Well, I only wish that Catherine Stewart had let us know what she really feels (laughs) about evangelicalism, about Donald Trump, and about religious nationalism. This is a piece that surges with, frankly, hatred of evangelicals. This headline itself takes us aback in a paper of record like the New York Times, a paper that many of us, of course, know is is no friend to evangelical Christianity. The Times has not presented itself in that way um, for decades even. And yet, let me read this headline again in line with those words I just read from the piece itself. The religious rights hostility to science is crippling our coronavirus response. In other words, if if you're reading clearly here, Stewart is arguing basically that evangelicals are to blame for the, the pandemic, for the spread of the pandemic, because evangelicals deny science. That's literally what Stewart says. We deny science and we bash government and we prioritize loyalty over expertise, and thus we are the ones to blame. We we are all reaping what the evangelical movement has sown. Uh, Later on in the piece, Stewart points to uh, the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which Stewart says has denounced environmental science uh, and has cast environmentalism as an alternative in false theology. Stewart says this about Cornwall and those who would track with it. This denial of science and critical thinking among religious ultra-conservatives now haunts the American response to the coronavirus crisis. In other words, if you do not buy into uh, the somewhat commonly believed theory of global warming, you are a science denier. So an organization like the Cornwall Alliance, uh, I know folks at the Cornwall Alliance, I see it as a strong and very thoughtful organization in many respects. I don't know everything it stands for. I'm guessing there are things I might see differently on certain issues with some who would support the Cornwall Alliance, some who are uh, involved with it. And yet, I fundamentally am, am thankful for the fact that Cornwall Alliance has has tried to frame uh, a, a pro-global case um, for a thoughtful doctrine of Christian stewardship of the earth in response to um, those who would say that climate change is the law of the land. I'm thankful for what the Cornwall Alliance stands for, not because I deny science, but actually because I'm pro-science. This leads us to an important point in considering this, frankly, ferocious op-ed by Catherine Stewart. It's true 
that Christians can be foolish. Christians are not perfect. Christians can fall prey to paranoia. Christians can trumpet ideas that are not true. Uh, Christians can be reflexively unthoughtful. In fact, I can. <laughs> this is part of what Christianity confesses, that um, though some would, would want to claim in this world that they are the white knights uh, of this cosmos, Christians actually recognize uh, in, a, in a careful fashion, according to our doctrine of sin, uh, that we're not the good guys. We're not the savior of the world. We don't have it all figured out. In fact, we're the cause of what has gone wrong. We actually confess as believers, as evangelical Christians, that our sin has led to the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is a very significant commitment for us to make. Can Christians, therefore, doing justice to our doctrine of sin, uh, be less than perfectly thoughtful? Yes, we can. Can we put too much stock in politics? Yes, we can. Uh, can we deny certain things that we shouldn't deny? Yes, that's possible. So the first thing I would say in response to Stewart's op-ed is that actually I recognize not simply in evangelicalism as a movement, but in myself, uh, why things go wrong in this world. It is sin, but it's not abstract sin. And it's not even someone else's sin. It's my sin. It's my sin. Secondly, I would say in response to Stewart's op-ed that it's also true that we should, as believers, be pro-science. We should. Now, I would argue that actually Christianity in general terms is pro-science. There's all sorts of good scientific thinking uh, on the uh, side of evangelicalism. I think about how, for example, in this age, Christians uh, trumpet the importance of recognizing that a baby in the womb is a human life. What's more pro-science than that? Christians also recognize that there are two sexes, man and woman, male and female. What's more pro-science than that? Christians also attempt to do justice, for example, to the reality and the historical biblical record of a real flood that exerted chaos uh, upon the physical surface of the earth. Well, that's pro-science. That's not anti-science. Christians also recognize that there's a real reason for the suffering in this world, and that is the fall of Adam, a real historical fall. That accounts for why things go wrong. In other words, Christians don't think that uh, a pandemic like the coronavirus, which is occurring right now, raging across the world right now, is a good thing. We recognize that uh, viruses flow out of a real historical fall. Viruses, sin, sickness, suffering are the, are the result of sin against God. These aren't good things. These are terrible things. So, so Christians, in building a comprehensive worldview from the scriptures, recognize that we are called to reckon with reality, and in reckoning with reality the world God has made, we should be, we must be pro-science. But we cannot be scientistic. This is an important distinction. We are not pro-scientism. We are pro-science. Now, people will not say that we are pro-science. People want us to be scientistic or pro-scientistic, as I just framed it. That means that people want us to buy their explanation of the world, a naturalistic explanation, as, um, as the, the, the way by which we make sense of the world. Various voices in our society, including, in her own form, Catherine Stewart, want us to buy into 
a naturalistic understanding of the cosmos where there was a big bang that nobody caused and there is no divine hand that is guiding uh, the order of all things, that is leading all things to their proper resolution in Jesus Christ. They want us to see young earth creationism as a fairy tale. They no longer believe in the sexes as adhering to and being derived from uh, very nature itself. They want us, they urge us, they demand that we see a baby in the womb as a fetus and therefore pre-human or subhuman. But in all these respects and others, evangelicals respectfully, politely, graciously, but unbendingly dissent. At least many of us do. We believe that we cannot give on these counts. We cannot be scientistic. We, we must be pro-science because God has set up the world. God has ordered the world. And so in, in engaging in scientific exploration, we are only thinking God's thoughts after him, studying test tubes after him, formulating laws after him, recognizing those laws that exist, in other words. And yet we cannot be scientistic, as if science explains all things and grants us the worldview we need by which to make sense of the world. We should say as well, uh, in wrapping up these comments, brief comments, that it is true that much that is smuggled into what is called nationalism can be hostile to ordinary people. Let me say this differently. Nationalism as a term is freighted with a ton of baggage today. As it is used uh, by the left today, um, it, it is associated with racism and the view that um, God has a unique sense of destiny for America, and anybody who would get in the way of this destiny, anybody who would not 100% unflinchingly support President Trump, for example, is wicked and evil. There's a lot of things to say along these lines. I'm not going to take the time to try to mount some massive defense of nationalism. There are various things that are associated with Christian nationalism today that I absolutely do not buy and do not stand for and do not find supported in Scripture. So let that be said. It is also the case, however, that there is no such nuance and care and subtlety in this op-ed by Catherine Stewart entitled, at least it was entitled before it was changed, The Religious Right's Hostility to Science is Crippling Our Coronavirus Response. Stewart's piece falls prey to an unthinking binary here where there really is no complexity in this case. Let me give you a qu another quotation from Stewart's op-ed in the New York Times. Religious nationalism has brought to American politics the conviction that our political differences are a battle between absolute evil and absolute good. Did you, did you hear that? That was the sound of the irony bus pulling up outside. Stewart is accusing evangelicals of framing the national situation in terms of a battle between absolute evil and absolute good. The deep irony here that Stewart does not recognize, does not bring out in her own reporting and opining, is that she herself has framed <laughs> this situation in terms of absolute evil and absolute good. It may be the case that some who would claim to be Christian do frame politics as a battle between perfection and absolute evil. It is 
also the case that many evangelicals do not frame politics that way and do not frame uh, President Trump that way and do not see uh, the government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic in those terms. Christians actually have a tremendous case to make for complexity and nuance and subtlety in all dimensions of life, in part because of the doctrine of sin that I mentioned earlier. Even if you believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ saves and transforms sinners just like us, you still must recognize that even those who are saved and transformed by God's grace nonetheless still must battle the flesh until the day they die. That means, in other words, that humans are complex people. We do not reduce, therefore, to neat and clean binaries, at least in everyday experience. Stewart makes no such recognition of this truth, of this reality in her piece. She does not do justice to the complexity of evangelical political thought today. And she certainly does not do justice to reality that she herself is framing the current political debate in starkly moralistic terms. She sees evangelicals, to put this more simply, as basically evil. She sees those who are supporting President Trump as effectively, either intentionally or unintentionally, helping spread misinformation about coronavirus and therefore leading to the ongoing growth of this virus in America. That could not be a more stark formulation. I'm not saying these things because I myself view Catherine Stewart or anyone else in either um, perfectly binary terms, as if someone is all evil or all good on this earth. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no perfect person. I recognize uh, in in Stewart's article um, further a, a strong writing capacity, a strong ability to frame an argument and mount a case. She's clearly a a gifted uh, writer. So I myself don't want to fall prey to uh, an easy, easy simplicity here in my own thinking and my own engagement of this op-ed in the New York Times. Nonetheless, nonetheless, it saddens me to say that this is a, a recent example of what we have seen breaking out across the media, uh, across major um, opinion-shaping sectors of our society, and that is a real, a real virulent hatred of evangelicals. That's really the, the major takeaway of Catherine Stewart's piece. Whether you buy her framing of religious nationalism and Christian nat- uh, nationalism or not, what you are left with in engaging this piece, sadly, is that Catherine Stewart burns against the evangelical cause. Pains me to say that. My prayer in wrapping this up is not that there would be some sort of movement against Catherine Stewart. I I don't at all uh, want to um, begin such a thing as if I could. My prayer is that Catherine Stewart would see that there is no one good on this earth. That includes me. That includes everyone who claims the name of evangelical. And that includes her. And my prayer is that she would be led not not to hate evangelicals and not to seek their takedown and silencing in in the public square, but that she herself would repent of her sin and trust Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior and know the grace that every one of us 
desperately needs. That is the great need of the hour. Not to hate others, not to paint movements as either perfectly good or fully evil, but to recognize that we all are in desperate need of the forgiving mercy of God. Mercy which is found, abundantly found for us all, wherever we fall on the political spectrum, only in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to City of God, a podcast at the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're so thankful you stopped by. We encourage you to continue to join the conversation at cpt.mbts.edu, the official website of the center. And we encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Join us in coming days as we continue the conversation on what it means to be the city of God in the city of man.